Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you and your family are well. Oh boy, it feels like we sort of turned the corner, right? Back to school. A lot of talk going on on what's going on with schools here in Texas. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's not clear if the Supreme Court has finished their term, but we've got an expert today that probably knows better than I do if they had at the U.S. level. Their, things, uh, their timeline got a little altered like many of us, if not all of us, here in the country due to the coronavirus. But that has really led to a lot of interest in cases coming out of the U.S. Supreme Court. We'll be talking about that today. We'll also be talking about our policy forum. A lot of attention starting to grow on that as that event's coming up in September. But I want to go straight into the segment here with our guest today. Kelly Shackelford is our guest today on the Texas Values Report, and he is a frequent guest to our show. That's because not only is he president and CEO and chief counsel of First Liberty Institute, which is the largest nonprofit legal organization in the country that focuses on religious liberty. He is also a founding board member and a current board member of Texas Values. Not only that, and this will be an important programming note for this station, he is a proud graduate of Baylor University undergrad and Baylor Law School. Kelly, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Oh, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Well, look, it's an important time to have your insight, to have your counsel, but also your expertise. And, you know, it is an interesting question. I kind of started off with this uh, about the U.S. Supreme Court's term. So maybe you know, uh, or, or members of your team, I know are involved in this as well as yourself. Has the Supreme Court term ended officially for this term, uh, or do we know when that time will end? Um, well, nobody knows for sure, but I think, I think most likely it has. The, the, the cases that we expected to come down uh, have come down, and uh, <clears throat> most of the others are <clears throat> probably coming in the near future, you know, next term. Well, let's talk about some of those cases. So some really big cases this term, really this spring. A lot of times we see the trend where the bigger cases, the more divisive, controversial, however you want to phrase it, court cases that get a little bit more attention that have some very far-reaching constitutional implications come down towards the end. Usually that's in June, the end of June. No different this time around, even though some of those came out in July. But let's talk about a couple of those cases, and I know a few of those that you've been involved in uh, related to religious liberty. One of them more recently was the Our Lady of Guadalupe case, which actually I think there were two cases that involved this issue and a very important religious liberty concept and principle called ministerial exception. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the uh, uh, the big theme of the cases, I would say, is religious liberty cases were victories, and this is one of them. The our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, this is about the idea that a religious organization has a right to pick its own leaders, uh, the, the people who propagate the mission. And so when this, in this case, it was a Catholic school, and the idea was that you had a teacher who was let go, and a lawsuit was brought against, by her against the, the uh, Catholic school. And the response was, appropriately so, hey, the government doesn't have a right to tell us who we can hire to teach our children, you know. Uh, this is clearly a part of the ministry, and it's an exception to our normal uh, Title Seven laws. Title Seven laws are employment laws that say you can't discriminate on the basis of race, sex, religion, etc. And so, for instance, uh, you might say, how is it that the Catholic Church can only have male priests? Aren't they discriminating against women? Well, again, we allow religious organizations to pick their leaders, the people who propagate the mission, you know, and, and not to have the government interfere, because if the government did interfere, it would basically be controlling what your religious organization could believe, what they could do. And so in this case, it was a strong opinion saying 
that, look, uh, this is this is not something the government can get involved in. Religious entities get a right to pick their leadership and those who are able to really instill the values in the young people uh, that they're reaching out to. Well, look, and, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of those things. And then a court case comes along and you realize, oh, yeah, that's that's how things have been. And it makes a lot of sense. But they forget about it. And then you think, man, why are these issues being challenged in court? And so we're there were quite a few other court cases that came up at the U.S. Supreme Court that really are reminders that these are deep rooted, long rooted constitutional principles that does. But that doesn't mean people won't continue to bring them up or trying to find out another way to chip away at them. And so we're talking with Kelly Shackelford, who is president, CEO and chief counsel of First Liberty Institute, just a few years ago, named one of the top 25 lawyers in the state of Texas, has probably just about more experience than anyone, not only in Texas, but across the country when it comes to religious liberty litigation, particularly at the U.S. Supreme Court. Kelly, tell us about a couple of the other cases uh, that you were referencing that were wins during this term. Well, Espinoza um, was a was a, a case that came down, probably the, one of the first ones that comes down. And w- what this case was about was uh, you had a, a law in Montana where you could uh, contribute to, you know, uh, scholarship funds, et cetera, for schools, uh, private schools, um, and get a tax deduction. However, they specifically said you could not if the, if the school that was chosen was a religious school. So it was treating religious schools kind of like they were the the you know the the lesser protected and that and just pure discrimination against you know you can hey put your kid in wherever you want you get a deduction unless they're in a, in a religious private school and that went to the supreme court and they said you can't you can't do that that's religious discrimination the government can't treat religion as if it's less protected uh than other groups uh, in fact it's actually more protected so this kind of discrimination is not allowed and that'll be important because, you know, whether it's school choice or these tax credit programs, uh, and really what was behind all this, Jonathan, is a lot of states have what's called a Blaine Amendment. Mm-hmm. And this is an amendment that was put into many of the state constitutions that's really a, a, an embarrassing part of our history. It's, a, it's an anti-Catholic, uh, uh, you know, bigotry uh, to put in the law to where basically at the time all the public schools were essentially Protestant schools. I mean, you had prayers, you you did all that, but it was Protestant. And so Catholic schools, you know, they they came up with their own private schools so that they could teach things differently and have religion be different in the teaching and growing up of these young people. Well, uh, a number of uh, Senator Blaine in the in the U.S. Senate encouraged this um, piece of legislation to be passed in all the state constitutions that would make it to where if any public money ever touched any religion or religious school, and specifically aiming at Catholics, uh, then it was unconstitutional. And it was a way to, again, discriminate to say everybody else can participate in this program, but not if you're Catholic, Mm -hmm. but not if you're a Catholic school. And so uh, this decision really kind of made clear that those kind of Blaine amendments are odious and uh, are unconstitutional under the U.S. Constitution. So I think it'll go much beyond even school choice and those type of things. Well, speaking of the Catholics, uh, there was another victory at the Supreme Court for Catholic nuns, Little Sisters of the Poor. Uh, That case has been going on for a while. Uh, Another victory on that. And then also another Supreme Court decision that didn't go so well, the Bostock decision. Now, it might not it might have had some good language in there that related to 
you know, whether or not for religious reasons you weren't forced to accept certain things regarding sexual orientation and gender identity. But a lot of concern, though, about the precedent for employers on that case. And so I guess we're going to see how that's applied. But I know we've got you for just a few uh, more minutes, Kelly, and I want to transition speaking to private religious schools, issues that have been going on here in Texas and sure in other places in the country where we've had local governments try to tell public, uh, not only public schools, but private religious schools that they could not open. They had to delay opening for in-person instruction. When I first saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, that is not legal. That's unconstitutional. We got out front. We expressed our concern to the attorney general's office. No surprise that uh, a good Baylor graduate, Ken Baxton, his team jumped in and said, not so fast. Tell us a little bit about that issue too here in Texas. Yeah, um, you, you had the order that the governor issued that allowed um, you know local uh, health departments, et cetera, to say, "Hey, school needs to start later," or whatever. But I, I really appreciate Attorney General Paxton and what he did, issuing the guidance to all the schools, the the private schools around the country, to let them know that look, this does not apply to religious private schools. The idea, again, we kind of like we talked about earlier, Jonathan, the idea that the government can come in and tell religious schools who are who are inculcating the religious beliefs in these children that the government can come in and say, we're not going to allow you to have those schools or we're not going to allow you to meet. Uh, boy, you, you are having the government enter a, a sanctum of protection of the Constitution that is about as sacrosanct as you get. Uh, passing on the, the religious values, uh, beliefs to children and the government coming in and tell you to stop that is really stepping over the line constitutionally. And so I really appreciate Attorney General Paxson. I, you know, the problem is there's some of these locales, I think San Antonio and some others, that didn't, well, I would say didn't get the message. They did get the message, and they're clueless. Um, they're still trying to, you know, strong-arm religious schools. And, uh, and so there's even been a lawsuit filed in San Antonio. Uh, I think anywhere they try this, there will be a lawsuit. And, and for instance, in Dallas, there are a number of Christian schools. They went to the, the county judge and said, are you going to try to enforce your order? And he said, oh, I would beg you not to meet. But no, he, he knows better than to have that lawsuit. Uh, you'd not only have the religious schools on one side and, and us representing them if they wanted us to, but you'd have the attorney general of the state of Texas on our side as well. And I think uh, it would not go well for these local health officials if they tried to do that. No, that's absolutely right. And we invite people, if you got questions about those issues, send us an email at info at txvalues.org. And also, uh, if you need any insight on these uh, issues too, as it relates to litigation, you can go to firstliberty.org, firstliberty.org. I know our friends at First Liberty Institute here in Texas, their offices are in Texas, even though they do work across the country. They are ready to stand with you if you've got questions or concerns about these type of issues on religious liberty and also related to the private religious schools. I know our team stands ready to uh, assist as well because, look, I mean, school's about to start. And a lot of the private schools, I mean, some, they are looking for an opportunity to have that in-person instruction. And what concerned me too as well, Kelly, not only were the these local governments trying to say you can't have in-person instruction, they said you can't have any other activities as well. We know in addition to athletics, a lot of religious schools, they have religious retreats. They do service mm-hmm. projects that are religious based. It was wide sweeping 
And so it was great to see Attorney General Paxton come in and set the record straight. And now the question is, right, will the public schools, excuse me, the private schools follow? I know Harris County adjusted their approach, or at least um, their approach is different than others. They put out an order, said, no, 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 this doesn't apply to religious schools, but it still applies to private schools and public schools. And so we know this issue is going to continue, but we've got to stay alert. And that's only if people call and contact us that we can help them. Kelly, last I want to mention something really I'm excited about, and I imagine you are as well. Kelly Shackelford is going to be one of the speakers at our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. This is an annual event that Texas Values does. Uh, We believe it's the largest event about Christian worldview and public policy that's based at the state level. That's on September 18th and 19th here in the central Texas area. Uh, This is going to be an event we're going to have in person, but there will also be a live stream event. Kelly, we're excited about having you come to speak. The Attorney General is going to be there. we got some other great people, and we know you're going to have some really up-to-date information to bring and some encouragement for people in the state of Texas. Yeah, there's there's just a lot to talk about right now that people don't know. I mean, you see a lot of the, the, the really sad things that we're watching, riots and, and these types of things, but there's a lot of really good things happening. We're, we're getting incredible judges on the court right now. We're, we've been working with the administration. There's We're up to 200 federal judges, and these are solid, solid people. I can de- describe those to people, uh, and when we get there, hopefully we'll have many more uh, the coronavirus cases, that's a huge battle to be talking about right now. We've, we've represented churches all over the country, and while we've won all, all of our cases, every single one of them, there have been other lawsuits filed that have not been successful by uh, other churches, other uh, people. And so we're in the middle right now of a, a, a real battle over whether the government is going to have control of the church. And we've got to make okay. sure that doesn't happen. But uh, until until we're done, we won't know. So there'll be a big update, I'm sure, on on that and many more things by well, the time we get there. Kelly, I saw we're talking with Kelly Shackle. We're about to to let him go for uh, the day, but Chief Counsel, CNO and CEO and President of First Liberty Institute. Did I see on social media that uh, your team or, or a church you are working with a pastor's close to having a, a prayer or a session or whatever with the California Governor Gavin Newsom? Yeah, um, you know, Sean, uh, Sean Fout, he's the worship leader for Bethel Church out in California, and they, they actually you know, issued an order there, the governor, telling them they couldn't sing or worship, uh, which is just outrageous. And so he, he said the church, his, his quote was, the church is leaving the building. And so they, they began to have huge worship rallies now to kind of, uh, it, was, it's, it, it could be called a protest, but it really was just worshiping the Lord. And thousands and thousands of people are coming together and worshiping. And he started this really as a national movement, really out of California. And uh, and they're having a huge rally at the Capitol, and they are inviting the governor, Governor Newsom, to come and pray with them and worship with them. So uh, good hey, for him for not look, just sitting back and complaining, but doing something. That's absolutely right. Religious freedom. That's absolutely right. You know, that, that invitation we know applies to any and everyone. So what great leadership, but also an opportunity to be to have a Christian witness, but really giving a chance for more people to see these things have gone too far. I mean, these government orders and restrictions have gone too far. It has come time, if not uh, past time, to say enough. We've got to start making sure that the government does not misuse this, these crises in this situation uh, to, to overexert themselves in, in this overreach on the church. Kelly, I know your team is going to be front and center on all those battles continuing moving forward, and we're excited that 
You're having the victories, and you're also having the presence and continue to have those opportunities. We're excited you're going to be speaking at our event on September 18th and 19th, and we're thankful that you continue to be a board member for Texas Values. Kelly, God bless you and Karen, your family, and all the great people at First Liberty Institute, and thanks for being a guest today on the Texas Values Report. Oh, ha- Happy to do it, Jonathan. Thanks for all the great work uh, that you're doing and Texas Values is doing. It's just I can't imagine what Texas would be if there wasn't a Texas Values, there's just no group like it. And uh, the work you're doing is, is crucial for everybody across the state. And I would mention, we talked about Sean Fout. I, we interviewed him uh, on a Zoom uh, show yesterday. And if people want to watch it to see what's going on, they can go to firstliberty.org and go down a little bit. And there's a First Liberty Live. You'll see him. You'll see the interview not only we have with him, but also with one of the California pastors who is standing up against what's happening. Well, we'll work on getting put that put up on our social media channels as well. Great. Kelly, God bless you. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, I couldn't have said it any better than Kelly about the work we're doing at Texas Values. Boy, I can't imagine what it's like to be going around the country doing this kind of work. We got our hands full just here in the state. And you heard Kelly talk about some of those Supreme Court cases. We've been involved in some of those as well with amicus briefs, legal briefs that we filed at the U.S. Supreme Court. But front and center has been these local battles here. And we have gotten so many questions from churches, emails, phone calls. And a lot of them are trying to figure out how to navigate some of this. Now, many of them are open, but they're also looking at all the other activities and events and important things that happen at their church, not just their, you know, maybe their typical uh, Sunday worship service or, or mass. And now they're trying to figure out what about this event? What if I do this? What if I have this meeting? So please continue to contact our office by phone, also by email. The email is info at txvalues.org. I-N-F-O at TXValues.org. You can also call us at 512-478-2220 if you have those questions. We will do our best to get back to you on that. But as you might imagine, we're seeing, as you hear sometimes, right, when you call for service, you know, the call volume is at, you know, a highest level it's been or higher than normal periods. That is certainly the case for us. And uh, But we want to be as responsive as we can. You know, and a lot of times people are just calling in to say hello or they want to talk a little bit about some of our work. That's fine as well, but we're getting a lot of requests. I will tell you, while I encourage you to call, if you can send an email with some detail, that really helps. So before we get back to you, we can have a better idea of what you're dealing with, and then we can break it down a little bit and have some analysis with you. Info at txvalues.org. If you'll send an email to that, we'll work on getting that feedback. And we've done a lot of that feedback. A few of those things are going to be posted this week. Before the end of the week, some analysis we've had from churches because we're looking at what is Travis County saying versus what the state's attorney general's office has been saying. Is some of that language the same? What are we allowed to do uh, other than just have a church service? And so and some of these things can be very fact-specific. So, But just about every request we've gotten, we've been able to tell the church, yes, you can do that. Yes, you can have that event. Um, here's a way you might need to approach it or consider approaching it, but the answer is not no, that you can't do this. And so one of the things that we realized too with some of our analysis is, you know, if you have an event that's outdoors, you're talking about a whole lot more freedom. And when it talks about uh, at the state level and also about the local level, houses of worship, that is not defined to just a structure or a building. The church and the body of the church is not simply a building or for walls. It's the group of people and a set of beliefs. And so keep that in mind. If, if there are events that you're going to be having outside that your religious 
liberty rights and the and the um the, the lack of a limitation on the amount of people does not apply to just in in events uh, excuse me indoor events and indoor worship services as well so but contact us and check our website we'll do our best to get uh, information back before I forget too we got about six minutes left a big issue brewing in Carroll ISD okay this is a school district in Dallas Fort Worth uh, this is uh, South Lake. This is um, a couple other cities up in that area. Grapevine, Colleyville, that have this big issue that's brewing, where the school district or some members of the school district or administration are trying to push a robust and very con- comprehensive and controversial LGBT policy for public schools. Could impact all the way down to kindergarten, K through 12, and it is quite far-reaching. And so we put out an action alert on it. Uh, yesterday, and it has absolutely blown up. And the vote is on Monday. Now, I say the vote. The expectation is that there's going to be a vote. We'll sometimes see that these local school officials, they won't have a vote or they'll go into executive session. They'll avoid the public. And so we're going to have to see how it plays out and uh, and give you some updates on it. But as far as things are scheduled now, I believe at four o'clock, they're going to start meeting. Uh, we're hearing so far that Testimony is by Zoom only, but that could change. And so we want you to be aware of that. But what you can do right now, I mean, you can think about whether or not you're going to come and testify and be a part of it. But what you can do right now is send an email. And look, maybe you don't live in Carroll ISD, but maybe you have family that does. Maybe you have friends that do, and you have a concern about this. Maybe you have a concern that it's going to now come to your school district. We're not putting any limitations on you. If you care about this issue, you should be sending an email to the Carroll ISD uh, school board members. And we have an action alert on our Facebook page. Uh, I under Let me see where we are under our website where you can find it. Um, I'm looking here on action alerts. You scroll down about a page or so, if you will, on your screen down, and you'll see a section called Action Alerts. It's right there with a rainbow flag. Take action. Click that link. And when you click that link, and let me show you what it's going to look like. Uh, Let me go back here on my screen for people that are watching on social media. This is where it is on our website. Under Action Alerts, you can see what it looks like there. And then when you click the Take Action, you're going to go to an Action Alert that looks like this, and it has all of the instructions on what you can do. And as well, not only the instructions, but if you scroll down after you look at the explanation of what's going on, here are the email addresses of the Carroll ISD school board members. They need to hear from you. Okay, You have got to contact them. Uh, and so send an email today. And we've got really a nice script put together uh, with the information. But you want to tell them to vote no on the LGBT a so-called cultural competence action plan. But let me just tell you a little bit about what's in here. Uh, they want to establish an LGBT student focus group. And look, let me back up for a second. These type of policies, including this one, they will create an environment that pits students against each other and really antagonizes Christian students who hold a, a biblical worldview. I mean, that is what many of them are designed to, is to champion LGBT advocacy and that whole lifestyle and movement and then put them in a position to where the Christian students are out on the outside here and their views now become something that is considered a microaggression. That word is actually used in this comprehensive plan. You could unintentionally do something 
say something, wear something, look the wrong way. Who knows? I mean, it's very subjective. That could be considered an unintentional microaggression and could be considered offensive, which, by the way, the U.S. Supreme Court does not allow you to ban offensive speech, if you will, or just about or, or most of it. And so there are concerns constitutionally. This policy even has a hotline or as some are calling it and we called it a snitch line for people to call in and report students that are could be viewed even unintentionally as in opposition to LGBTQ issues. These are the type of policies that have allowed and resulted in drag queen story hours at public schools in Texas. We have seen that here in Austin ISD. Um, not only that, but also where you have these drag queens being invited as guests, LGBT Pride Week. This is way beyond, hey, there are some people that have different views personally about sexuality and, uh, you know, there can be a respectful way to address that or be aware of it. We're, we're way beyond that. Okay, this is advocacy. This is champion. This is really almost propping them up to say this is preferred. And if you don't agree with that, okay, if you don't see it the same way as they do, you're now somehow um, performing or guilty of a microaggression against them. And so this is what diversity and inclusion now looks like to some people. I want to make sure we're clear. This is happening in the public school environment right now where people don't even know if they're going to go to public school, if the schools are going to be open. If you're a parent, I'm sure you're like me. When does school start? Where are they going to be? How are we going to deal with these environments? In school districts, instead of spending more time making sure you're safe and that education comes first, they're using their time to prop up LGBT propaganda and advocacy. Have I said enough? Go to our Facebook page, our website, Tell your friends in Carroll ISD, we have got to put a stop to this. There are friends in this area that will stand with you and I on this issue. This is just one of the many reasons why you need to support the work we do, because we were on top of this from the beginning. We got this out front, and now we've got some good information. We did analysis for about a day and a half to make sure we broke it down internally before we got it out to all our folks, and it's absolutely blown up. This is why you need to invest in Texas Values. Make a tax-deductible donation today at txvalues.org. We're at the end of the month. We do have bills we have to pay every month, and that's how we can continue to protect faith, family freedom, family and freedom in Texas. And we'll see you next week on the Texas Values Report.